sitting there for 20 years. I always took it with me. And uh, I started getting it out, fooling around with it, reading it a little bit. And then one morning on my way to the pot shop, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to pull into this church. It was a Sunday. And I went in there and uh, I uh, hit my knees. I took communion. And that was uh, January 13th, 2018, which is my sobriety day. Um, the reason I get emotional, I get emotional because of the gratitude I have for what's taken place in Alcoholics Anonymous in my life. Um, and by that, I mean my spiritual development because I know my sobriety is contingent on my spiritual growth. 
I have to stay in contact with you people because God speaks to me through you, through the literature, and through things I hear. And God is here tonight. This is a wonderful, wonderful venue. Um, you know, and, and uh, it's just a really, really good place to be. So, you know, I hit my knees. I asked for God for help. And I ended up in Huntington Beach where my kids moved 20 years ago when I got remarried. And I like to throw this in. Maybe some people can relate. When I got remarried for the third time because of this disease, the first wife, she OD'd, uh, left me with two kids, 9 and 12 years old. Second one, of course, was one of us. The third one wasn't, but she had, well, she had something I wanted, but not a lot. And I like to say I turned my will and my life over to the care of Barbara, as I understood her. And I did for 19 years. I lost total, I was so sober when I married her, and I was drinking after a year and a half. But back to my journey. So I'm in Huntington Beach, and um, I, I find a... a meeting on the ocean and I'm I know there has to be something greater than me and I'm using whatever there is my higher power you know because I had lost contact with God God has always been with me I have many examples through my life and it took me a while to to understand that and by any means Alcoholics Anonymous you can use a higher power, whatever that is, stay sober. I choose to use the word God. And uh, that's just my program. Um, my spiritual growth has been so in the last four and a half years to where if it wasn't for my higher power, I wouldn't be standing here right now because I got rid of the drugs and alcohol. And if you're any kind of an alcoholic like me, you know that the obsession has been lifted. Roger likes to say it, and I've adopted it. I will never drink again. I, I'm done. I'm done. Because I know what happens. I start doing blow. I drink tequila. Take it from there. My clothes fall off and I'm just crazy. You know? I'm just crazy. And I, I, I will never drink again. And as long as I keep showing up, sharing, going to meetings. I go to 6 a.m. meetings five days a week. Uh, in the morning, it's a fabulous way to start my day. Back to my spiritual journey. So... Um, Roger's my third sponsor in this program since I got sober and um, it took me a while to get really comfortable with the gentleman that also chooses to call God his higher power and uh, you know um, I just I just feel so strongly that because of what happened to me the first time I went out that I'll say it again, my sobriety is contingent on my spiritual growth. It has to have it. I have to have it. It has to take place. And uh, it's, it's just vitally important to me. Um, I marked one thing. I'm going to read it here real quick. i got three minutes left. So let me go here. This is from page 25 of There is a Solution. The great fact is just this and nothing else that we have had a deep and effective spiritual experience which has revolutionized our whole attitude toward life and our fellows and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. 
He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. And that pretty much is it in a nutshell for me. Um, you know, being of service, helping other alcoholics, showing up in this beautiful park to, to share my experience, strength, and hope with you all. You know, that's what we have to do. Or wait, that's what I have to do, um, is, is do that. You can do whatever you want. You're going to anyway. I know that. Just ask Raymond. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm really grateful that you guys invited us here tonight. It's been a really, really special moment for me. Um, I'm very appreciative, and um, I'm just full of gratitude about this program and what it's doing for my life. You know, I'm, I'm with my adult children now, my three grandkids, and I get to be present. You know, the big book talks about being reunited with our families, and, and um, in my case, my kids suffered more from this disease than is manageable. And I don't have the guilt and the um, remorse over that anymore. I'm still dealing with some issues, trust me. This, you know, my disease is up here. But it's not about them anymore because I'm able to make amends to them. I'm able to be present. And it's just been a wonderful experience. And uh, I owe it all to Alcoholics Anonymous. I cannot be more grateful for the rooms. And you people. I don't know you, but yet I know every one of you. You know, um, say what you say, say what you may, but uh, we all, we all are the same. That's what is so amazing about this program. It's just, it's just crazy. The, the men I've met in this program have just changed my life, uh, literally. So uh, that's all I have, right on the button. Uh, my name is Dee. I'm a grateful alcoholic, and thank you very much for having us. Now I turn this off. Or you run, huh? Yeah, they're coming. So I'm going to introduce uh, Roger, uh, and he's going he's to take over here. Hello, everybody. My name is Roger, and I'm a very grateful alcoholic. Roger. Grateful to be here tonight, grateful to be sober, love the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps of AA have changed my life. Um, I was born in Whittier, not too far from here, Whittier, California. Grew up with a great mom and dad, two older brothers, none of them were alcoholics. Went to 12 years of Catholic school, graduated from the University of Southern California, got a good job, married a beautiful woman in 1974. Had two gorgeous kids. And I can tell you right now that alcohol, they're not coming for me, which is nice. I can tell you that alcohol helped me give away every blessing I had in my life. So I remember my first drink at 15. It was at my brother's wedding and I was in the wedding and it was the toast. And I remember the toast with the champagne, and I remember drinking it. And I remember the feeling I had as a result of that drink. And I liked it a lot. Um, it's not like the disease took me out immediately, but it was a progressive disease, like the book tells us. 
So I was playing a lot of sports in high school, so I wasn't drinking a lot. And I wasn't doing a lot of other things in high school either. But as soon as I graduated, I went to USC. I got into a fraternity before my freshman year started. And I became basically every officer in that fraternity that you could be, except for guys that had to really do something like treasurer and secretary. So the drinking started pretty much then. Then I graduated from USC. I married a woman. And I got in the biomedical field. And I've been in it outside sales since 1974. And when an alcoholic in training gets into sales, the party is on because it's part of the business. When you take customers out to lunches and dinner, it was okay. So my drinking progressed. And as my drinking progressed, every bit of character, any moral fiber that I had in my body was being slowly and painfully erased. So by 1985, I had abandoned my family. I had two beautiful little girls. I had a gorgeous wife. And I left them for 11 years. I got three DUIs during that time, filed bankruptcy. And the really cool part was I moved home with mom and dad at the age of 44. So God in his infinite wisdom sent me to you people three times, starting in 1987. Why 87 was the first time I got stopped with a DUI, I have no idea. Because there were numerous times before that that I should have been either in jail, I'm so grateful I didn't kill anybody. To this day at 16, I hit something driving home to my parents' house. No idea to this day what I hit. That didn't stop me because when I was at USC, one night my soon-to-be wife, we went out to Chinatown, it was Chinese New Year's. Her father was an LAPD lieutenant. And we went to Chinatown in LA and uh, we drank a lot. So I couldn't drive home, my wife takes the keys, drives back to Fraternity Row at USC. I passed out on the way and when she woke me up, I smacked her. And of course, she got out of the car yelling at me and the guys from the fraternity house came out and did what they should have done to me, which is beat me up. So I did like what every good alcoholic would do. I went in the fraternity house, had some more to drink, smoked a little ganja, and got in my car because I was going to go drive and see my girlfriend and apologize for all I had done. I could barely walk, but I got in my car and I got on the Santa Monica freeway, Interstate 10, going westbound from Hoover to Robertson, which if you guys are familiar with that area, that's a long way. And I don't remember much, but when I got on the freeway, I sort of leaned against the window and I went right out to the guardrail and I was sliding down the guardrail on the Santa Monica freeway for I don't know how far. I didn't go across the center section. I didn't kill anybody and I didn't even get stopped. I apparently made it to the apartment house and apparently made it upstairs where I promptly passed out on the can to be woken the next morning with a knock on the door saying, uh, you gotta move your car, you're blocking one of the tenants. So I went down and there was my car smashed. The opposite side of what happened in high school, 
but the same issues. So you would think that that might send you know, a message to me that I, maybe I had a drinking problem, but it didn't. So time progressed. 1987, I get my first DUI, and God sends me to you through the courts. And I walked in with the welcome get well card, and you guys loved me and accepted me, but I didn't have, you didn't have anything that I thought I wanted. I didn't listen to you, I didn't care what you said, I didn't get a sponsor, I did do the 12 steps. I got my court card signed, and after that, I went back out again. Five years later, God sent me back to you. Second DUI. Same thing, got the court card signed. Now once in a while, on a rare occasion, I might be listening to somebody at the meeting. And occasionally, I would be relating to what you said. But I wasn't willing, I wasn't open-minded, and I sure as hell wasn't humble. So, in 1996, I got my third DUI. November 12th of 1996. Now I'm looking at jail. So, to avoid jail, I went into a program, Nancy Clark's Alternative Sentencing Program. And it was December 1st of 1996. I never drank after that, but I just added 30 days on to my DUI. So my sobriety date is 12-12-1996. Right. And you know what's weird? Not weird. It's like one of the gifts of the program is I picked up a one-year chip, and one of the friends who I met in 1992 in School 10, who's still a friend of mine today, long before I got sober, he got to me and said, dude, that's a really cool date. I go, what? He goes, 12, 12? I looked at him, I was clueless. He went, 12 steps, 12 traditions. I went, oh, cool. I couldn't even take credit for that. And that's the way a lot of my program has been. God's given me gifts time after time after time that I don't take credit for. You know, one of the definitions of anonymity, of anonymous, means without credit. And today, I stand here and give all the credit to God, the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, fellowship, meetings, being a sponsor, having a sponsor, and doing what we do when we leave the meeting. Because the 12 steps don't work at the meeting. They work when you leave the meeting. When you come back to share your experience, strength, and hope, it's what you do when no one's watching you, and you come back and report at the meeting what happened when no one was watching you, and you applied the 12 steps to every, you know, every aspect of your life. And I had to learn, and I'm a slow, stubborn learner. I had to learn that when I apply the steps, I'm not in control of the result. That took me a long time. So I am grateful today that I'm really becoming addicted to not being in control. Because I've come to learn, like it says, we had to learn that we had to fully concede to our innermost self that we're an alcoholic. And this is the first step in recovery. I had to learn that I'm not in control. I had to learn that God has a plan for me and it's better than my plan. And if I do his will and not my will, I get a life beyond my wildest imaginations. That doesn't mean that it's free from pain. Doesn't mean it's free from suffering. It means that you can walk through anything, no matter what it is, with the 12 steps and the power of God. I'll tell you what, that wife that I abandoned, 1985, I got sober in 1996. She was taking care of my two little girls those years. She started drinking very heavily 
to kill the pain while I was gone. So she was husbandless and the kids were fatherless. And this disease took her out and she died of alcoholism. And while I don't bear direct responsibility for that, I clearly had a part in that because I abandoned my responsibility as a father and as a husband. Today, one of my daughters and her husband and three of my grandkids live with me. And they're all, all of my kids are in Southern California. I have a 32-year-old son who has my last name. However, while I was out there having all that fun, my wife, with one of our friends, got pregnant. So my son, who's I'm not the biological father, calls me dad. And here's another unique thing about what happened the synchronicity and the interesting things about AA is his biological father, he rents a room to, and we're all okay. Where does that happen except in Alcoholics Anonymous? Where does that happen? Dysfunctional family. Right? It happens right here in AA. If you do what we do and you do the 12 steps, your life will never be the same. It will always be changing. And if you're doing the steps and giving it away to keep it, it's always getting better. And I've come to learn that. I've had the opportunity to speak at lots of meetings, and I'm so, so, so grateful that you guys asked me to come back. I think this is the third time I've spoken at this meeting. I think the first time was, I think this meeting used to meet at the Methodist Church, right? No? That's a different meeting, one not far from here. But I spoke at this church a year or two ago. And I met Les at the other meeting, so that's how there was some connection. But I, I, I love this program. You know, my sponsor used to say to me things like, I would have these profound questions, these big, deep, profound questions that were literally pretty, pretty stupid. But I would ask my sponsor that, and he'd look at me and he goes, hey, Roger, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And what was I supposed to do with that? He said, if you always do what you've always done, you already got what you're going to get. Damn it. And he was that kind of guy. You know, if I had the what is and what about and yeah, but, he'd just chop it off right there on the spot. In love, but he'd chop it off because I was trying to find, I don't know, a way out or circumvent the steps or whatever but there's no way to circumvent the steps you know we suffer a disease that tells us we don't have one and the book says we suffer a spiritual malady and it's so insidious that we don't understand the gravity of it but it is a deadly deadly disease I watched it kill my wife I have watched it kill other people and I'm not here to frighten anybody about it, but this is a life and death situation. Why I'm not dead, only God knows. Why I'm not dead, I, I believe, is because he had a purpose for me in the, in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous to express my experience and my strength and my bloody hopes that I get from this program. God's got a far better plan for everybody's lives than we know. And if you surrender to that plan, your life becomes amazing and you'll be so full of hope that you'll want to give it away like like we say you got to give it away to keep it well you got to get it before you can give it away 
And I have, I have learned that. I, I'm a slow learner, but I'm so grateful. I'm willing to learn anything now. And I mean anything. And I don't, I'm not a victim of circumstance anymore. You know, uh, Dee mentioned something earlier, and it was a guy that whispered in my ear one time in my first few months of sobriety. And I got sober at a 6 a.m. meeting as well. And I still go to 6 a.m. meetings three to five times a week. But he says something to me, he said, you know, he whispered in my ear, and he goes, you know the serenity prayer? And I go, yeah, we say it before every meeting. And he goes, no, the whole serenity prayer. And I went, I looked at him like this, and he whispered it in my ear. Then he looked me in the eye, and he said, memorize it. And I did, some 25, 24 years ago. And when I get a little wacky up here, I say that prayer out loud, and it stops the madness. It stops the madness, because there's... There's power in all prayers, but that prayer, the St. Francis prayer that's on page 99 of the 12 and 12, those two prayers will stop your craziness in their tracks, right on the spot. And so I love that. But I can tell you 100% that I am never drinking again, period. I might kick the dog. I might yell and scream at you. I might throw stuff in the house. I might do crazy stuff but I am not adding drugs and alcohol to my body. And that's just the way it is. They taught me when I came in here that I had to join the no matter what club. And today, no matter what, I don't drink or use, period. And I, you know, I like, I like what I get when I don't do that. I am fully, fully converted to the fact that there is nothing in drugs and alcohol that will make my life any better, period. Nothing at all. What I get when I fellowship with you, what I get when I pray with, the, with God, what I get when I'm being a sponsor, when I'm being sponsored, is beyond words. It's, it's supernaturally spiritual. And that's the other thing. I, you know, after 12 years of Catholic school, you know, I never didn't believe in God. I always believed in God. But that belief was simply knowledge in, the, in my head. It's like if you read the big book and you can quote every page, but you don't live by the 12 steps, it doesn't mean anything. When you, to have experience, experience and wisdom come from application of principles to your life when you have no control over the result. And when you do that, that's how you get experience. I had information that I never applied to anything about God, and I believed it. So what? Put drugs and alcohol in my body and God is nowhere to be found. Nor are any moral principles. Period. I was, I mean, I was a natural born liar, cheating a thief. I was an adulterer. I was, you name it, I did it. And I'm not proud of any of that, but that's not who I am today. But that's who I am when I drink and use. When I drink and use something, I'm no longer like human. I'm much more like an animal. Because when I'm under the influence, there's no soul or spirit in operation. I'm strictly operating instinctually. You know what? In business, when you're when you're young and in sobriety, you know, you'd be out with some people and they'll be drinking and they'll say, You, you can have one? Can you just have one? I go, No, I don't drink. And they'll keep saying, just have one. And I'll say, No, I don't drink. And then if the, the guy keeps pressing the point, I say, look, it's real simple. 
do this. If I have a drink, I want your wife's phone number because I'll be looking for her. And then he goes, oh, oh. It's like, you don't want to see me drink. I'm not a happy, joyous drunk. I'm a nightmare. And that's not my, that was never my plan. When I first drank, it was lots of fun. I partied with the best of them. But the result of my drinking was despicable. It was despicable. And I'm not proud of any of that. Now I get to go to a church that's a recovery church. And that happened at 12 years of sobriety. I met a guy named Dick B also, who wrote like 46 or 47 books on recovery. And he started telling me about the biblical roots of how the AA all started, and nobody ever told me that. So I've become a, quite the history fan of Alcoholics Anonymous and how it all began in Akron. And I met a meeting, 12 Years of Sobriety, Men's Stag, and uh, it was at this little church in Huntington Beach. And I listened to everybody share, and I'm like, wow, I'm blown away. This is really a nice, good meeting. Everybody's sharing very openly. And then this guy shared, I bumped the guy next to me, and said, who's that dude? And they said, oh, that's uh, Pastor Joe. And I went, of this little church? And they said, yeah. I came in that Sunday, which was 12 years ago, 13, 14 years ago now. And I never left that church. I came in to talk to him. It turns out he was a cocaine dealer and a beer truck driver in Huntington Beach. Been sober for 35 years. He pastors a church that I'm part of now. And like seven years ago, he asked me to be an elder in that church. I can 100% testify to you that never in my life that I plan on being an elder in a church. Never in my life that I plan on doing a sermon on Sunday. But those are the kinds of things that happen when you're available to God and you let him guide your life instead of me guiding my life. And those are just a few things that have happened. You know, the miracles that happen in Alcoholics Anonymous are beyond our understanding. But they're so real. You know, I love being a sponsor. Sponsor, S-P-O-N-S-O-R. Spiritual person offering newcomers suggestions on recovery. I love that. Program, P-R-O-G-R-A-M. People relaying, re relying on God, relaying a message. Program. And steps, S-T-E-P-S, solutions to every problem sober. You know what happens when you don't use the steps? Anybody know? You get nuts. Not using the steps, N-U-T-F. And I, I met a guy, Mickey Bush, my second year of sobriety. I took a ship out in Riverside, and he was there, um, the opening speaker for Joe and Charlie meeting. And I met him, and we became friends, and uh, I was really kind of a Mickey B groupie for a while, because I'd follow him around, and he did a, he does workshops on steps one, two, and three, and I remember listening to his steps. It was on cassette, if that tells you anything. And I was out in my car playing the cassette and I had business appointments to go to and I would not stop the tape. I would not go to my appointment. I was so tuned in to what he was explaining and how 
steps one, two, and three work. And uh, I became good friends with that guy. He, he's coming up, I think he just turned 76 years old, something like that. He's down in Palm Desert now. But he's a, he's a wonderful speaker and a great guy. If you ever want to listen to some of his speeches, you can just Google him and he'll come up on it. You can listen to some. But he's a great guy. So I give, I give everything in my life to this program. I am so committed to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I love to come and share because I, I can never give back what you guys have freely given to me. My life would never be as good as it is today without the 12 steps, without the big book, without my sponsor, without you. And those are the kinds of things that I love to pass on to people. And if there's any newcomers here, I, I, I welcome you to our fellowship. And I encourage you to get a sponsor, do the 12 steps, and then begin practicing those principles in all your affairs, and you will never regret it. Congratulations on six years, man. That's awesome. And uh, anybody else that took a chip, it's a big deal. So I'm coming out in December. If God doesn't take me somewhere else, I'll be uh, celebrating 27 years, and I'm excited about that. And uh, thank you for the burgers, man. You can invite me back to speak anytime like this when you feed me with burgers like that. So... I don't really have anything else to share, but I would do this. If anybody has any questions, I'd love to answer them, or if anybody has any comments. That doesn't always happen when you have a speaker. Bless you. Does anybody have any questions? Nope. Roger, what's your, what's your sobriety date? 12-12-1996. How many years were you having in December? 26. What did I say? 25? 27. He was listening. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Can I just add a year on? Don't you get to do that when you get older? So if I, if God doesn't take me home in December 12th of, of 2022, I'll have 26 years of sobriety. That was a question, I think. Any other questions? And they're glad to see me today. Yeah. If there's no other questions, I love you guys. I love you big time, and uh, I uh, I hope to see you very again. Oh, question? No comment. You guys, I made like 10 Did you hear that? There are 10 pounds of potato salad over here, and we're all being directed to eat some. <laughs> or take some home. Thank you, guys. I'm Roger, and I'm my colleague. Less alcoholic? Less. Yes. Let's give Roger and Steve a hand for great meeting the guys coming up from the beach. Uh, hey, let's give Fernando and Carlo a hand for good food and oh, yeah. a lot of work. Goes to show you we can get kicked out of one place and we can show up at another place anytime, anywhere. You all showed up. Thank you. And thanks for bringing the food. And uh, I'm your grapevine guy, meeting in a print. 
two years for 54 bucks you could you can't beat it you know i always say when you get stuck on stupid you can pull off the side of the road <laughs> read a story and everything will become all right you know and uh identification is the greatest thing that you'll find in a meeting you know that's what got me to stay for a minute you know when i first got here but uh i give these books out every week and you could take one home you know or make a subscription and send it send it to the penitentiary or give it to the police department or a recovery house you could do it it's a good thing to do right now you know there's a lot of places we still can't get in yet you know and uh we're, it's starting to open up a little bit more. Anyway, I got this one here. Drunk as a dad. Anybody want to come up and get it? Drunk as a dad? Come on up. Enjoy. Thank you, sir. What we do is we read them and then bring them back, and then we can redistribute them again, you know. Okay, here it is. Uh, diversity in AA. Diversity in AA. Doesn't matter where you come from. There's always a spot for you. Someone want to come and get it? Come on. I do. All right. Come on, Jerry. She's got great potato salad. If take some home. Please. Take some Thank home. You. We, there's extra food here. Take some home. You know. Uh, anyway. Uh, I don't know. Chris, happy birthday. You know, and. Uh, I, I, there's a phone list going around. Has everybody signed up on that phone list? We're, we're trying to get it together. You know, put your, your date or your last drink and, and your name and, and your phone number and your email. And it's gone around. If you haven't signed on it, raise your hand. It'll get, it'll get to you right now. Okay. With that, Tim, you want to come up here and read the promises and praise out of here? That's right. Get you to come back here, my man. You just talk right into there. Thanks, sir. Tim, alcoholic promises. Tim, we are painstaking about this phase of our development. We are. We will be amazed before we were halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. <clears throat> that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of, oh man. People and economic insecurity will leave us. That's a big one. Um, we will intuitively know, intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Um, after a moment of silence for the alcoholic that still suffers in and out of these rooms and the innocent children caught in the crossfire, please join me in the serenity prayer, even though it says something else. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.
We need some help cleaning up, so the truck's right over there. If you all help Fernando and us to put pack it up, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, you guys are very professional. You, you got to stay to the script.